It was an up-and-down weekend for both the Louisville men and women's basketball teams. We'll talk about this weekend's action on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Happy Monday. Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. As always, I want to say thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast, free on all streaming services, including YouTube now, five days a week. Your team every day, as I mentioned, kind of a roller coaster weekend for the Louisville basketball programs. It started out uh, kind of rough uh, on the day in which in which Russ Diculus, um, you know, former star guard Russ Smith, got his number retired at halftime of the game of the men's basketball game against Notre Dame. Uh, the Cards unfortunately lost that one. 82 to 70, but the weekend was not over. On Sunday, the women's basketball team back in the win column as they hosted the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, a 72 to 60 victory. We'll talk about both of those and kind of analyze the contests. And then, as we always do, a Monday mailbag segment will conclude the episode today. Before we get into the content of today's show, like I mentioned, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports, Omar. I serve as both a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst, and I also do some PA announce work for the university in various sports. You can check out my personal Twitter in the graphic in the bottom left hand of your screen, and the podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into it. The Cardinals looking to try to resurrect their season on Saturday and get a win streak going against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish Unfortunately, um, that was not able to come to fruition. The Cardinals lost 82-70 to at the hand of Mike Bray's team on Saturday. Um, Louisville is now 11-8 on the season, 5-4 in conference play. And um, it just makes, makes making the tournament that much more difficult. One of two things is going to need to happen. Number one, they're going to have to pretty much almost rip off an 11-game winning streak to conclude the regular season to have a shot. Um, now, if they were to lose one more game in that in, in between now and the end of the regular season, I think you have a chance at, at possibly getting an at-large. But pretty much the most plausible option you know, going forward for the men's basketball team is simply winning the ACC tournament, as uh, simple as that may sound. And um, you know, Right now, 5-4 and four in conference play. Um, I'm not exactly sure what – I apologize for not already having this pulled up of where they're at um, in the conference. Everything's the, – the water is still kind of murky considering the fact that, um, you know, it's still – we're less than 10 games into the conference slate. But currently in the ACC, Louisville is – Seventh in the conference, uh, five and four. There are other teams, uh, two other teams with Virginia and Boston College, both have uh, four losses respectively. So, but it's going to be a very challenging end of the month. They still have Duke to play. They have to play Virginia twice this season. North Carolina is on the schedule. Um, you know, Syracuse is no slouch, etc. So, 
you know, January was the month for the Cardinals to, you know, rack up wins for the NCAA tournament. And unfortunately that's, um, you know, obviously not has not what um, has not transpired. So speaking exactly of the game against Notre Dame, you know, first off, let me go out by saying Notre Dame shot the ball 63% from the field on Saturday, 65% from behind the arc. They were 31 for 49 overall on field goals, 15 for 23 uh, from three-point line. You know, Chris Mack said in his post-game press conference, he said, you know, if you ask the Notre Dame team to come out right now and make 15 of their 23 three-pointers, it'd be very challenging for them to do it or anyone to do it. And he's not wrong. I mean, Notre Dame shot the ball extremely efficiently. That's what they're known for doing, you know, year in, year out, but even more so in this game. So, you know, some of this is Louisville in terms of wrongdoing and not, you know, necessarily playing as good. But in other sense, you know, Notre Dame played very, very well in this one. Uh, now, I will I will say some of these three-pointers that, you know, Notre Dame had were open shots, uncontested. So, you know, it's all about context. It's not black and white. You know, we're sitting in the gray area where you have to focus on, you know, certain plays. I thought Louisville, you know, contested some of the perimeter shots and it was just, you know, coming down to the Irish making them. But there were also, you know, some, you know, very, very open, wide open, uncontested shots. And that's kind of what we've seen, um, you know, from this team this season at times is, you know, focusing on the zone and forcing teams to shoot well unfortunately it seems like more often than not they're shooting the ball very well Notre Dame you know obviously shooting over 60% from not only the field but from behind the arc as well Louisville shot the ball 47% or I'm sorry 48 excuse me from the field and uh, 47% from deep I mean they were 10 for 21 from behind the arc so it's not like Louisville shot the ball bad in that regard, but when you look at it, you know, Louisville had a seven-point lead going into the half, and they got outscored by 19 in the second half. I thought that, um, you know, Louisville struggled with some of the adjustments that Notre Dame was making. Uh, they weren't necessarily hitting their shots as they were in the first half, and Notre Dame simply did not cool off. I mean, Blake Wesley, uh, who Louisville was squarely in the mix in terms of recruiting last year, he you know scored a game-high 22 points, 8 for 13 from the field, uh, 3 for 4 from deep. He's quickly playing himself into first-round consideration for the NBA draft come June. So he's been you know a high-caliber prospect for them. Uh, Paul Atkinson Jr. was very solid with 13 points, uh, 5 rebounds. Uh, Dane Goodwin, 13 points. He's been a guy that Louisville has struggled with in years past. The apprentice hub, he had 12 points. So it was a pretty much a balanced effort from the Irish. Every player that stepped foot on the court for Notre Dame had at least six points. They only played seven in the rotation. Uh, Lazuski had seven and six. Cormac Ryan had six points. Uh, Wirtz had nine. So overall, it was a very balanced approach uh, from Mike Bray's team. The Cardinals, on the other hand, um, you know, still just trying to. I feel like, um, you know, it, it's a little frustrating just because we're we're trying to find out what works, and you know, we're January twenty fourth or you know January twenty fourth, and we're still trying to find which lineup works. You know, it's been a lot of different mixing and matching. It just doesn't seem like this group is meshing well together at the moment. Sidney Curry, who you know was the hot hand, he only had four points in this one. Only played thirteen minutes. Uh, Malik Williams led the team in scoring. He had 11 points, but ha had to do so 4 for 10 from the field. Dre Davis coming off of not playing due to an ankle roll. He had 7 points. Noah Locke, 2 for 5 from the field. Mason Faulkner, 4 for 8. Um, 
Matt Cross played 16 minutes, did not attempt a single shot. I feel like, you know, that that has to change. He has to be a guy that they can rely upon to, you know, do well perimeter shooting. He was supposed to be the guy to replace Quinn Slazinski and be the team's lockdown shooter like Ryan McMahon had been for years past. He had zero field goals attempted. Jalen Weathers did have nine points, uh, four for ten from the field, nine rebounds. I liked his aggressiveness at times, especially on the glass. I, I feel like, you know, the past two games, um, you know, albeit one was against Boston College, the other against Notre Dame in a loss. I think that even though he wasn't, you know, crazy efficient in shooting, I, I like the aggressiveness, and, and it seems like, you know, this is kind of the best two-game stretch that we've seen from him this season. Um, Sam Williamson, six points, two rebounds, and 14 minutes of play. L. Ellis had five points. Uh, Jared West was was the story of the first half. Uh, made three straight three-pointers in the first half, four for four from deep for the game, five for nine from the field, 14 points. Um, likely, you know, one of his best outings as, you know, a Cardinal offensively speaking. It, it's just kind of, um, you know, the name of the game for the Cardinals is inconsistency is, is the term that I keep coming back to. Because we're seeing other guys step up at other times, and not necessarily seeing you know, you know, a, a certain guy step up, you know, game in and game out. I think one of the things that I mentioned with this team lacking a true number one overall score, that they needed multiple players to step up consistently and um, you know give you big time scoring numbers. And unfortunately, we just haven't seen that, so it makes things just that much tougher. Louisville is you know squarely out of the NCAA tournament if I had to you know say right now and it's going to take a valiant effort to try to get back into consideration so we will um, you know continue to you know treat the season the same we're going to you know preview analyze games and stuff like that but um this weekend started off kind of rough but ended in a great way the Louisville women's basketball team back in the win column once again, after a 72-60 to victory over the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. We'll talk about that here in a second after we talk about our friends at GetUpside. Hey, Cardinal fans, this is your host, Dalton Pence, with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents per gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon off on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents off on cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore um those that drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch the cash back gets added right back to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon or other brands just download the free get upset app and use the promo code score to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank as i mentioned jeff walls you gotta know the Cardinals are going to bounce back. Jeff Walls' team, you know, I, I've gone on record and, and I've said, you know, Jeff Walls, when it comes to, you know, handling adversity and, and getting over a loss, there are not many coaches in women's basketball or college basketball or you know, a lot of other sports that can say that they have a guy like Jeff Walls at, at the helm that is able to get over adversity as good as he does. I feel like he's an extremely good motivator. Um He's very good at being able to, you know, key in on what improvements need to be made. And it's not just Jeff Walls, you know, that coaching staff, uh, Sam Purcell, uh, uh, Miss Pineda, you know, Beth Burns, etc. Um, I feel like I'm missing one, but if I am, you know, please forgive me. It's purely out of ignorance, so to speak. So, um, but regardless, very, very, very important. All of them are, um, and not only them, but you know, the players are are willing to 
get past that tough, brutal loss. And like I was saying on the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast that just got released yesterday was the fact that, you know, there's two ways you can handle getting knocked down. You can stay down and go in a little losing skid and you can kind of let it define your season or you can get right back up and dust it off and, you know, let that motivate you for future games. And Louisville did that in this game against Wake Forest. They started out um, kind of slow, admittedly, which they tend to do. They were trailing by one at the end of the, you know, at the end of the um, at the end of the first quarter. But it, it was the second quarter that really, really got to me. I felt like, uh, you know, it's <laughs> it was one of those where you saw the Louisville defense you know, on full display. They outscore the Demon Deacons 23-4, to and then the game was pretty much put away after that. They did struggle in the fourth quarter, I will say that. It was, um, you know, the game was already out of reach. Wake Forest ended up cutting the final deficit to 12 points. So, um, you know, and I guess you could say, you know, at the very end, about halfway through the fourth quarter, you know, Jeff Walsh cleared the bench. You know, Marissa Russell got some playing time, uh, Romani Parker, etc., um, so it, it, it's very solid uh, of a game. Wake Forest was 12-7 and seven coming into this one. However, all seven losses, um, well, seven now, uh, they're 12-8, and eight, but seven of those eight losses have come in conference play, so you know, credit to Jeff Walls' team for taking advantage of a team that is slumping in the worst way possible right now. The Cardinals were led in scoring by Haley Van Lith, who has continued to, to you know, Continue her upward trajectory when it comes to scoring. She had 17 points um, on the afternoon, had six assists. So I really like what I saw from her, you know, creating offense for others. Emily Inksler, um, 15 points, eight rebounds. You know, what was there more to expect from the best, one of the best all-around players in the country? Olivia Cochran, um, not necessarily, you know, continuing a, a great stretch. She had four points, two rebounds, or three rebounds and two assists. So. Not really much was needed from her. What I was really impressed with was Liz Dixon. 16 minutes of play, 5 for 5 from the field, 2 for 2 free throws. She had 5 rebounds to go along with 12 points. Those three were the only three to score in double figures. Kiana Smith didn't really shoot the ball all that great this afternoon, but uh, was picked up by her teammates. Um, I liked, uh, even though the stat sheet doesn't really uh, reflect it against NC State, I thought Liz Dixon came in and gave great minutes for the Cardinals, especially when guarding Alyssa Cunane and uh, being very solid on the defensive end and rebounding and stuff like that. Um, offensively, I, I think she's getting more comfortable in the paint. She's getting more comfortable with that little, you know, 10 to 12 foot jump shot, you know, on the baseline, etc. I like what I'm seeing from her. That's very key that Olivia Cochran and Liz Dixon can continue their consistency. Con- consistency. Sorry, I couldn't say that because it gives the Louisville offense a much needed, you know, um, you know, more more of a dynamic, so to speak. It um, you know raises their offensive ceiling instead of you know relying a lot on Kiana Smith, Haley Van Lith, Emily Inkser, which they're going to anyway. You then factor in the front court production, what they which would which is what they were able to get last year, and I think it helps them out a ton. So overall, very very impressed with with way that Louisville came back out in this one. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they may not end up winning the uh, regular season conference championship in the ACC, but at this point, you know, it's all about continually getting better and better. This was a team, uh, Wake Forest didn't necessarily shoot the ball well at all. Louisville's defense wa- was on full display here. Wake Forest shot the ball 29 
I'm sorry, just under 30% from the field. They did, however, shoot the ball decently from behind the arc. They were 9 for 21, which was good for 43%. Um, you know, the same amount of turnovers. So Louisville forced a good amount of turnovers, but they also kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit by, you know, committing seven turnovers on their own. Um, Louisville shot the ball pretty decently as well 51% from the field, 53% from behind the arc. They're not a great, you know, not necessarily, I wouldn't say an elite three point shooting team, but when they are making 50% of their three, and um, you know over seven a game. I think that that is a uh, you know very very solid free throw wise. Boston College actually shot almost double the um, Boston College Wake Forest shot almost double the free throws that Louisville did. It was all about a big run at the end of the second quarter and start of the third. It, I believe uh, I saw someone tweet that it was a thirty to zero run in this game against Wake Forest. And even if that was a little far fetched, even you know if it was a little off, it was definitely at least a twenty to zero run. So. I think for a team that uh, you know sometimes struggles offensively, we kind of saw that in the fourth quarter. I, I was impressed by the way they kind of commanded the game in that second quarter and the third quarter, and that's one thing that makes this Louisville women's basketball team so dangerous uh, for any team that they play. Is yes, they might you know struggle in the first quarter. You might outscore them in the first quarter. But one thing that they can do is they can you know force you to have you know a, a quarter to where you score less than ten points. Um, you know, in a 10 minute span. And I mean, that that's one reason why you see Louisville 15 and two. And the only two losses I have are both the top 10 teams. One of them is going to be in the top three, um, you know, come this afternoon or come tomorrow, whenever the AP rankings come out. But overall, I, I like what I saw today. Kind of a little, maybe not necessarily too close for comfort at the very end. Uh, you wish the, the deficit would have been a little more, um, but getting some uh, valuable experience for some of the players that don't necessarily play a ton. I was, um, you know, very pleased with what we saw today from, or what we saw yesterday, I should say, for Jeff Walls' squad. Looking for them to continue to, um, you know, continue their focus throughout because, like I said, they still do have to play Duke. They still do have to play North Carolina. Both of those teams are ranked. So at the end of the day, you uh, applaud the effort today, and we uh, or applaud the effort from yesterday, and we we move on to the next matchup on Thursday. We'll now transition into the Mailbag Monday segment of the show we'll do that here in a second after we talk about a couple of our friends the first one being bet online bet online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond our remains number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 new a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today uh, you can use uh, your promo code locked on to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on the first deposit Sorry, I had to get a little got a little parched. Um, so basically, from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and bet online is where the game starts. I also want to take this time to talk to you about our friends at Built Bar. It's the new year. What does that mean? New Year's resolutions. If yours is still intact and it's about getting fit or eating healthier. Make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better. It makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar and 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And you compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, 
and dozens of net carbs. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Bill Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Do yourself a favor. Go to Bill.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, that's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bill.com. Final segment of the show, as always, dedicated to the mailbag Monday or whichever um, episode, I guess I should say, because sometimes it's been, um, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, etc. But ultimately, there are some good questions in there. You know, there's a women's basketball question. There's a football question. There's a men's basketball question. There's a volleyball question. I mean, it is a pretty packed mailbag. We will start out. Let's go ahead and start out with the football question. Um, if you've seen my Twitter or if you've gone to Cardinal Sports Zone's Twitter, you understand that it is a big, and I'm talking probably the biggest recruiting weekend that Louisville football has had in a couple of years, probably maybe in you know the biggest in Scott Satterfield's tenure, and maybe you know going back to the you know to the Charlie Strong days. Like there are a ton of highly rated guys. Most notably, the four-star quarterback from California, Pierce Clarkson, which most Louisville fans know a lot about. The question is, how big would a commitment from Pierce Clarkson be in January? Well, there's two parts. Uh, first of all, you're assuming that you hold on to him and he signs with you because you know committing somewhere and signing elsewhere, we've seen that happen. It happened with Chubba Purdy back in the 2000 and – was that 2020? Yeah, yeah, 2020. Sorry, I had my ears mixed up. Um, but you do have to hold on to these guys. They're highly rated, so you know they're going to have the top programs going after them, etc. Pierce Clarkson, a commitment from him. Number one, it gives you the chance to have you know the best recruiting class in school history. You know, Louisville as a lot as much success as they've had in the past twenty something odd years. The recruiting classes, I think 2018 was the highest rated recruiting class, you know, per annual recruit. And the, you know, the next closest was this past class in Flyville 22. So, you know, getting a four-star quarterback could, you know, pay dividends for the recruiting class as a whole because, you know, you, you know, big talent attracts, you know, more big talent. So being able to get a guy from California, he's talked about being, you know, having some other guys play with him. Um, and we'll continually talk about, um, we're going to have a segment later on in the week about, you know, you know, breaking down this recruiting um, site or breaking down this recruiting weekend and everything, and talking about some of the players and, and breaking their games down a little bit more. So we'll have a full-on recruiting uh, episode and, and uh, all that good stuff. But if you were to hold on to him, you know we've seen a top quarterback come in and change the direction and change the trajectory of a program as Teddy Bridgewater. Now, am I saying that he's going to be as good as Teddy? No, I am not. You know, Juwan Pass was a four-star guy. No disrespect to Juwan. Um, I will say, you know, I, I, you know, I'll say, you know, respectfully that it, it can be said that he didn't necessarily live up to the expectations that we had for him here in Louisville. You know, there were a couple factors that got into that. You know, he had you know, a couple different coaching changes. He's he was behind Lamar Jackson, etc. Um, but you know, I, I'm just saying that not every you know highly rated commit. Highly rated guy is going to be, you know, a, a star at the next level. So I think that, um, you know, if Pierce Clarkson turns out to be, you know, pretty solid, which you know, twenty twenty three, you know, Malik is gone, or you know, fall of twenty twenty two, like, no, fall of twenty twenty three, you can definitely have yourself, you know, um, you know, freshman getting big time minutes, or big time snaps, 
and this is a, a good opportunity can change the whole trajectory if things go well. So transitioning over into the men's basketball side of things, um, it's I mean, I feel like I answered this, um, so I apologize for not having addressed this earlier. And that is, is you know, what is the main problem with Louisville men's basketball right now? I think right now it's just kind of consistency. Um, I think that you have, you know, a handful of guys that are, are stepping up at different times, but it's not like in a collective sense. And, um, you know, in, in there sometimes where it's almost like nobody steps up at all, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, we haven't necessarily had a, con, you know, a, a stretch of the season to where we've had, you know, the same guys stepping up consistently, you know, game in and game out. And I think that the, that lack of continuity is, um, you know, showing in the win-loss record, you know, win-loss column. So women's basketball. The question is, are you worried about Narika Kono's absence from the team and why she didn't play on um, Sunday against Wake Forest? Well, I'll say this. um, I don't know exactly what's going on with her. I'm not going to speculate or anything like that. Um, Jeff Walls did – there was somebody tweeted out about Jeff Walls, um, you know, saying something about Kono. um, You know, she's going through some health issues right now, and they hope to get her back. Um, just that, you know, that language that he's using right there, you know, the hope to get her back. I'm not going to sit here and like try to make something out of nothing. If it is, uh, uh, hopefully it's nothing serious. Um, it is a little concerning obviously with it being unexpected. Um, but hopefully it's something that she can overcome and she can overcome it fully. And, um, you know, as quickly as possible, you know, as long as it's a full recovery, we wish her the speed, you know, the speediest recovery and the best wishes, um, you know, in her journey, I hope that it, it, you know, she's back on the court. Um, like I said, I don't want to look too much into this. Maybe I'm, you know, you know, putting too much, uh, emphasis on the word hope, but, um, whatever it is, you know, we wish her the best of luck and we hope to see her on the court soon. So the last question of the day is going to be, um, it's a volleyball question and it is, um, who do you think steps up next season in the absence of Tori Dilfer and Anna Stevenson? Well, um, for Tori Dilfer, it's going to have to be a – I mean, it's hard to come in and step in for the ACC setter of the year, the back-to-back years. I mean, whoever it is, you know, it's probably, you know, maybe Raquel Lazaro. Um, excuse me. The grad transfer from USC uh, from Malaga, Spain. Um, she's probably the presumed starter. Uh, you do have El Glock. Another transfer from USC who was a freshman on the team last year, you know, highly rated recruit, very decorated out of the state of Nebraska, which is Danny Busbum Kelly's, um, you know, home state. So really, it's kind of hard to tell right now, you know, who's going to be the setter next year, just considering the fact that, you know, we still have to go through, you know, spring practice and the offseason. And, you know, I think we'll have a better grasp of things after a couple months of uh, spring practice. So. Um, in terms of the other, you know, players, you know, replacing Anna Stevenson, a lot of um, eyes are going to be, you know, put on Amaya Tillman. You know, Amaya Tillman probably, you know, obviously is not going to be able to replace Stevenson by herself considering the fact she was, you know, next to her. You know, we'll, we'll see a, a couple players, you know, step into the mix. They have some other players stepping into the wing. I haven't heard any rumblings on whether or not they're, you know, still actively seeking any um, transfers from the portal or not. So I can't speak to uh, having any knowledge in that regard. But, um, you know, Anna Stevenson's offensive production, it's going to be hard to replace that, obviously. She was, um, you know, a, a menace at the net, both offensively and defensively, so they're going to miss her extremely, extremely um, crucial 
to success. Um, you're going to see you know, players like Claire Chalce, Ico Jones, Anna DeBeer, et cetera. You know, a lot is going to be um, – it's just kind of, you know, taking by committee. You know, players are just going to have to step up, and but you do, you know, return a great nucleus in Ico, you know, Claire, DeBeer, et cetera. So, you know, um, I'm – I'm fairly confident that this team is going to be back in the running for a national title next season. I'm excited to see how spring practice goes. Um, if you haven't checked it out, uh, by the way, uh, the past two feature articles I've written for CardinalSportsZone.com, which have come out in the past calendar week, first one with Tori Dilfer, the next one with Anna Stevenson, I have to say it was an absolute blast um, getting to talk with them and um, you know hearing about their journey and how they got to Louisville and how much how big of a role Louisville has played in their lives not only as volleyball players but as people and in their faith and um, their relationships with their teammates and coaches and the rest of the student body and, and people at U of L etc and their future plans um you know it's it's incredible you know to to see you know how well they handled themselves. And I'm very, very excited for their future. Um, I think that, you know, you know, say this for the record, Anna Stevenson will be on that 2024 United States Olympic volleyball team that will uh, compete in Paris. Um, and Tori Dilfer taking this um, semester, so to speak, I guess you could say until the summer to, you know, rehab her body, body rehab her body, um, get uh, fully healthy again, you know, from the, um, you know, just the uh, lingering, you know, minor issues and that comes with a season injury wise and no major injury or anything like that. But um, she's going to continue to work with FCA here and, um, you know, uh, approach, you know, her professional career in the summer and just very excited to follow their careers. And, you know, um, that, I think that that's the great thing about, you know, what they've done for this program is not only, do you, you know, have you set the, you know, set the tone for the program for the near future, but you also, you know, you give the fan base an opportunity to, you know, start to venture into new mediums, you know, professional volleyball and um, all that good stuff. So you know, be sure to check that out. Um, if you have any questions for next week's, um, you know, Monday mailbag segment, or if you have any ideas on, you know, a, a certain section that you, or a segment that you would like covered or a question that you have that I could address, you know, cohesively in, in one of these episodes, definitely let me know. Reach out, um, you, you know, DM me on my Twitter, the Locked On Louisville Twitter, that is L at LO underscore Louisville. Talked about, you know, both the the men's basketball loss, the women's basketball win, and the Monday Mailbag segment tomorrow. It, it's going to be, um, it'll probably be a lot of, um, you know, we'll do some talk about uh, men's basketball in terms of looking ahead to the um, looking ahead to the next matchup coming up, we will start talking about you know this recruiting weekend, etc. So I hope to you know have you check it out. Um, that's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Though everyone have a great start to your week. It's a great week to be great at life. Um, like I said, you can follow me on all of the social media at defense underscore uh, at LO underscore Louisville. Thanks to everyone that is sharing, liking, rating, um, subscribing to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Locked on Louisville uh, Twitter page and uh, YouTube page, etc. That's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone have a great start to your week, and we will see you right back here as always tomorrow.